There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. When I was in grade two, uh, we were reading about inspirational people and the only person I can remember from that is Mother Teresa. It was how she, you know, helped the people in Calcutta and I wanted to become a nun. I wanted to join her, join the oh, sisterhood. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Didn't realize what it, it took to be a nun, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to join her and help people out. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. In July 2011, Gloria Anderson was abducted from her home by a boarder who she let stay at a granny flat on the back of her property. This began a three-day horrific ordeal that included being taken to another state while being held captive. She was mocked for her faith and endured extreme physical torment. After praying constantly, she eventually found an opportunity to escape, and Gloria is now seeking to help others who've gone through similar traumatic experiences. Gloria will share selected parts of her story with us during this four-part series. And parents, this series is not recommended for children. Also, I want to let you know that the topic of childhood sexual abuse will be mentioned in today's program, and it has the potential to trigger painful memories in those who've had similar experiences. So some adult listeners may prefer to avoid today's program as well. Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra, are chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Gloria Anderson, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you with us. And also joining us in the studio is Gloria's friend, Priscilla Chandra. Priscilla, Thank you for having me, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And you guys go way back. Is that right? You've known each other several years? I'd say we're on 20 plus. Yeah. Yes. About a while. Okay. And so, Priscilla, you've kind of been journeying with Gloria through all of this. Is that right? That's right. So, um, this was a very horrific story that I heard in church. Um, Gloria and I go to the same church mm-hmm. or went to the same church. And um, so our pastor announced one day um, that um, a member of our church had been through an abduction and um, a horrific situation. Mm-hmm. And so the whole church was horrified at hearing this. To find this. out a member of the congregation yeah, had been yeah, abducted. Yeah. yeah, and everybody was thinking like, who? Who's that? You know, but he, he didn't say any names at the time. So after the service, when we get out, I see Gloria and she said, that story is mine. And that nearly floored me, basically, yeah. um, that something like that could happen to somebody I know that, that well. I, so um, from then on, we started to meet regularly and journey together. like, And we've continued to do it over all these years. So... Okay, yeah, and I, I am with her. <laughs> yes, and I should say that years before that, my wife Gina and I went to the same church, and so we've known Gloria and her ex-husband 
we've had picnics together and different social activities together because we were all kind of part of the uh, missionary community at, yes, at that church. Yeah. So we, you know, we've known you for several years. When we started to go to a church closer to our home, we kind of lost contact, but still were Facebook friends and knew each other. Yes. And yes, we were also shocked to find out, oh, wait a second, this is somebody we know. This is Gloria story. Gloria, you've gone through this experience and now you're sharing your story and you've been sharing it for a number of years. Is that right? Uh, yes. Uh, for a while, I could not go public with my story due to mm-hmm. legal reasons because um, it was still in trial, even though the abduction took place in 2011. The final court hearing was in December 2018. Wow. So, so a long, long time. Yeah, seven and a half years. So Wow. And which is one of the things that you're working to help change in the system. Is that right? Yes. Um, so um, I've been requesting the government to, uh, or even states, to cooperate and uh, work together where a person who is abducted doesn't have to go through this lengthy process because I had to go through a trial in Sydney and then one here in Melbourne. And that was because? Just because he crossed borders. Yeah. Just yeah. because they crossed borders. And that also happens not just with me. It also happens with yeah. uh, people in domestic violence and different mm-hmm. issues. So there needs to be more cooperation with the state governments basically working together because it just re-traumatizes mm-hmm. the yeah. victim over and over again. Again, when it's not necessary, yeah. I think, because it's one continuous crime. Even mm-hmm. though the courts um, agree it's a one continuous crime, they still had to be tried in like in two courts. And Yeah. So that's one of the things that you're working to try to yeah. make better for victims. Yes. But there are other things in your ministry that you've now started, but we'll talk about that later on. We'll yeah. end our conversation talking about some of the great things that you're involved in to help others who've gone through similar circumstances. I want to uh, begin your story back in India where you were born. But before we do that, I want to read a quote from, uh, well, you're writing a book about your experiences. And this is a quote from your book, which I really think kind of captures your heart in all of this. You wrote, my story is about the tenacity and strength of the human soul, the recovery and figuring out how to move forward, even when I couldn't or didn't want to how someone doesn't have the energy to drag themselves out of bed because of the trauma, how one learns to love and trust again with God's help. I want to bring change to the world and to give others the strength and confidence to be able to share or even relate to some of the struggles I have had on my journey of finding my way out of a very dark place. So that's your heart to help others. Yes, I've always wanted to help people. So um, Yeah, that goes back to your childhood. Yes, it does. So... Like you said, I was born in India, so I was born in a good Christian family. And even though my parents' church, or family church, should I say, was a um, bit more sort of uh, leaning towards a cult, maybe. Cult-like, we could say? Yes, cult-like. In other words, they had some doctrine right, but others, it was off doctrinally. Yes, yes. It was like... They believed that they were the only select people that would go to heaven and the rest of the rest. That sounds cult like, yes. That's yes. not Orthodox Christianity. Yes. But this is the, in India. This is in India, mm-hmm. but they're um, apparently they're international. They're all over um, in other parts of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I grew up there, I think so, there was something um, part of my parents. Uh, I guess uh, they, their own faith. They knew there were other 
they would still let us listen to other churches sermons or different pastors and different oh, things. Okay, so, so you had spiritual input that was healthy yes. and doctrinally correct. Yes. Okay. I think so that helped mm-hmm. as I grew to sort of differentiate what was biblically right mm-hmm. and also what was not probably from God yeah. or, so years, or godly. So years later as a, a mature Christian, yeah. you could look back and say, oh, yeah, they were definitely off in these areas. Yes, yes. And it, unfortunately, there were some very dark things that they were yes. wrong about Yes. in your uh, childhood. Yes. Um, I was abused in the church mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. so that was quite hard. And then at the same time, I was grew up fairly confused because there's one side where they were teaching about sexual sin. They were, as the Bible teaches. Yes. And then there was the other side where where I was being abused in the same church. So I was having conflicted thoughts. It's like, yeah. here I am getting abused by your people at the same time you're saying this is wrong where am i right or where am i wrong right so basically they weren't practicing what they were preaching definitely not okay so here you are only about what six seven years old yes and you accepted jesus as your savior yes i remember i remember that really clearly actually that was a very beautiful moment i remember sitting with my mom having a morning devotion Mm -hmm. sitting in the lounge room um i remember it was winter because i remember the fire going on so it was like you could hear the wood crackling Mm -hmm. so it was really uh something that's imprinted in my mind Mm -hmm. uh Mm-hmm. And around that same time, I was filled with, with the Spirit, uh, with the Holy Spirit. So, I think that that was my foundation. That was my faith that held me to what was coming ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think so that also helped me to manage the abuse and uh, stay strong mm-hmm. and to understand and to separate the two. Mm-hmm. That so, the, that's interesting. At a young age, you were able to separate yeah. the hypocritical church yeah. From your relationship with God. Yes. I don't know how it happened. I, I, I still can't yeah. give that answer. My psychologist is confused as yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, even she, she actually, two sessions ago, she actually mentioned that. She goes, mm. I really don't know how you did it or what what was the switch that you had yeah. in your, uh, as a childhood that I was able to separate the fact what the abuse was being done was man's fault and mm-hmm. that was not God's fault. So to yeah. understand that and to have that at a very early age, uh, I think because I was able to understand that, I was able to manage and sustain myself through the years. Uh, even though there was, uh, you could say, uh, spiritual abuse. And mm. uh, when I mentioned about my abuse to my mother, I went to her... Um, you confided in her? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was about 12 or 13. And her response at that time was, she obviously freaked out. She was like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. my daughter is telling me that. You could see that in her face, just just that reaction. And her, because of the belief in that church was so warped, the theology was so warped, her... Mm-hmm. Um, her way of dealing at that time was to make me write a confession letter for participating in the abusive act. So you were, in a sense, punished. Yes. For being, I was a sinner, a victim. Yes. Wow, uh, it's it's hard to understand, but in her mind at that time, that's what she was thinking. 
Yes. Though she since changed her mind, thankfully. Yes, she did. She did. Uh, as years went on, um, actually, not long before I got married, she actually confronted some people, and they did write an uh, apology letter to me. So mm. she did try to mend her ways, and mm. I always say that's all she knew at that mm. time, mm -hmm. and she did her best with what what she had or mm. whatever you know theology or whatever understanding she knew. Of that era. But at the end of the day, you're confused. Yes. And that didn't help anything. No. You that did were looking not help. to an adult, your mother, For to rectify an injustice. Yeah. And she made it even worse at yes. that time. Yes. Uh, it definitely didn't help. It For the longest time, it uh, reinforced uh, what, you know, the all the all the sort of trauma and the guilt and the shame and the self-loathing that comes with abuse mm. all all the classic stuff a person goes through um it just reinforced that constantly mm. and that self-beating you know mm. your inner self the conversation you have and i still have remnants of that mm. i still do i still mm. have those conversation occasionally and then i just have to snap out of it mm. Mm. But they're still there. Uh, it, it and you mentioned you're going to a counselor. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a psychologist, Christian, good Christian psychologist, which really helps. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, she's helped me work through a lot of the intense. And she's happy for you to share your story? Yes, she, she uh, definitely is. And she knows I am sharing my story for um, not just for myself. But the other theme, the positive out of the, all this darkness is God was your refuge. Definitely. In the darkest times Definitely. in your early childhood. Definitely. My best moments with God, my father was an orthopedic surgeon, so we ran a hospital mm -hmm. in our property, and on the side we also had a kindergarten. And oh, we, wow. So yeah. uh, we had that for a while. Part of the school, there's, you mm -hmm. know, kids playing games and, you know, all monkey bars and all sorts of stuff and mm. there were swings and the swing was my place to go mm. that was my refuge as a kid oh wow uh somehow that made you feel safe or peaceful i don't know that's where i used to have most of my conversations with god is that right on the swings on the swings and i don't know what it was just that motion of swinging yeah. um and so much so not long last year or the year before, I had a really bad episode of PTSD. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder? Yes. And uh, on a whim, I went to the tattooist and I actually got the girl swinging on the... What, tattoo? Yeah, mm -hmm. I went and got a tattoo. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say you went to a playground, and but, but instead you got a tattoo <laughs> yes, of, of a swing. A tattoo. You could have just went to the playground. <laughs> um, no, I went to the tattoo artist, but I got that. Uh, tattooed of a girl on a swing mm. because that's it was, your, that was, was your happy place that was my happy place and yeah. that was just a reminder of uh, and it still is my reminder mm. uh, whenever I still have struggle I just think of that yeah girl on yeah. the swing and talking to God yes you're listening to the story Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra in our Melbourne studios. Gloria is sharing her life journey and the events which led to her abduction in 2011. Next, we'll hear more about growing up in India and other aspects of her childhood 
when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra, are in our Melbourne studios and chatting with Eric Scadabo. Gloria is sharing her life journey and the events from her childhood growing up in India that have had a lasting impact on her. Before the break, we heard how she always admired Mother Teresa and also wanted to help marginalised people in society. Sadly, we also heard how she was abused as a child and that sitting on a swing in a playground was where she would go to talk with God, who was always there for her. God works in mysterious ways, and that's yes. how he met you. Yes. But thank goodness that he did. Yes. I mean, you know, it's horrific to hear all these injustices that you experienced at such a young age, but yet God was there for you. I believe God was there right from day I was conceived, I reckon. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he does. That's what Your name's Bible, Gloria? That's, that's mm-hmm. what the Bible says. Yeah, uh, yeah. The way I was named as well, soon after I was born, somebody in the church had a vision of me for three continuous days. Uh, They would see me, obviously lying as a baby. They would see the throne of God and they would see the light, uh, the glory from the throne just covering and everything around me on whatever I would wear would turn white. That's and that's what they were seeing in this vision. This, that's what they were yeah. seeing in the vision for three continuous days. And that's when they approached my mom and said, you should name her Gloria. And then my sister said, no, we should name her Gloria. So <laughs> I was named Gloria. <laughs> oh, well. And thus you were named Gloria. <laughs> yes. And I believe uh, for, I think, so, you know, they say God had a plan for you. And, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. also believe, yes, God has a plan on uh, for my life. And I'm very aware of that. But I also believe Satan has a plan B. Uh, oh, he's trying to, to mess de- up that plan. Derail. That yeah. Derail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I think my early encounters with God were really crucial, even right from my naming, mm-hmm. for the things to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And getting back to your life story, at 10 years old, you moved to Kashmir? Yes. Um, moved to Kashmir. Uh, it was soon after, uh, just just before my father passed away. Kashmir was my mum's maternal home. Uh, We went there to live with my aunt, with me and my brothers, and we stayed there. I was there till '98, and Mm -hmm. while we were there, my mum also moved to Kashmir, and um, she felt uh, God called her to start a school there. Mm -hmm. So she started a school. People were running away from the valley because it was middle of a war zone. You know, you, you got bombs going off. What, what was the conflict that was going on? It is still going on, actually. It started off December of 89 in Kashmir, mm-hmm. and it's still... Uh, between? Oh, it's between the Kashmiris and the Indian government. Okay, so, so you find yourself at 10 years old in, in a, a war torn In yeah. a war zone. Yeah. Okay, this is not sounding good, Gloria. <laughs> no. Uh, but in the midst of that, my mom felt, uh, while people were running away, she mm-hmm. was running in. She felt... She wanted to help. She wanted to help. Mm-hmm. And she had a heart for the kids. Like uh, I said, you know, she had a, we had a kindergarten at a property and she sort of 
kind of took that vision um and god spoke to her through mm-hmm. isaiah 61 and it was to heal the wounded and bind up the broken hearted and there were kids were lost mm-hmm. kids were very very lost uh schools were shutting down um getting burnt mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of things there were only few handful of schools there mm-hmm. even starting the school was quite hard um my mom almost uh, we got threats from people you know you don't shut that school and um you why were this. they against it oh just competition or whatever reason mm. uh and unrelated to the war unrelated to the war or related to the war it, mm-hmm. it, there were threats from the militants though so oh, okay. it was mm-hmm. uh, yeah okay so all that's going on and then also in your home it was a place where people would come to live Yes, my parents always had a uh, always always took people in. Uh, we always helped people in. I think so we would always um had an open house. Mm-hmm. And I think partly is cultural. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. a lot of it is cultural as well. Mm-hmm. But then there's that extra understanding of this is our faith. This mm-hmm. is how we this is how we express our faith by sharing the gospel. Mom always yeah, had Yeah, it's biblical. Yes. To help people in need. Mom always had tracts, always ready, always had New Testaments ha- ready to ha- hand out. She'll mm-hmm. carry some in the Bible. She'll be on the bus. She'll pass it to somebody. <laughs> so yeah. she's always yeah. ready to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, she actually helped plant three churches, actually, in the area oh, and okay. locally. So she was, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was very, she was an evangelist at heart, mm-hmm. always sharing her gospel. So even though, faith. as we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. she did some things that, was questionable. <laughs> well, it was was a poor judgment on her part as far as yeah. with you, but she grew in her faith and yeah. admitted that that was a mistake and was actually a strong Christian that evangelized her area. Yeah, she was. She definitely was. She was a uh, she she was a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. We would wake up in the middle of the night. We could hear her walking in each room praying. Uh, so she definitely was a, a woman of prayer, and yeah, she. Everybody can attest to that. Mm-hmm. And when she passed away, that was one of the things people came and said was, um, well, I was not well. She came to the hospital. She prayed for me. Mm-hmm. So definitely a woman of prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, another woman who had a huge impact on you in India was Mother Teresa. Yes. Tell us about how she impacted your life. Uh, um, when I was in grade two, uh, we were reading about inspirational people, and uh, the only person I can remember from that is Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And it was how she, you know, helped the people in Calcutta. And I wanted to become a nun. I wanted to join her, join the oh, sisterhood. Yeah? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Didn't realize what it did. It took to be a nun, but uh, I wanted to be an. Uh, I wanted to join her and help help people out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it's really it Im- left an impression on me definitely. So that's your heritage. Yes, like from your childhood, you're in a family that regularly took people in, helped people. Your idol, so to speak, mm. was Mother Teresa, who of course is famous for helping people. But that's really your desire, and it, it is still is to this day. Yes, it is. Uh, one of the stories I um, always remember is um, mom, this was part of when in the middle of my mom, um, while they were planting the, one of the churches, um, they were driving along the road 
and they saw this uh guy walking on the side of the road and um he looked out of place mm. because he this is in india mm-hmm. so blonde hair blue eyes uh with raggedy clothes bare feet walking on the side of the road and mum's mum asked the you know the driver to stop had a chat he had very minimum english kind of figured out he got robbed and he was mm. walking on the street so they managed to take him somewhere bathe him put some clothes on and we didn't know so mum along with other pastors and other people they who were with her at that time they brought him home and i remember as a kid the van pulling in and seeing this gentleman walk uh, sitting at the back and he had, obviously had been homeless for a while mm. uh in this Pretty place. rough looking. Yes. Mm. Um so he had long hair, mm. blue eyes and but because part of my mum's church they always wore white and so he was wearing white clothes and um as a kid I looked and, and somebody said there's Jesus in the back <laughs> of the van. <laughs> Uh yeah a little funny. You found out later that was not the case. No. <laughs> but it, it it fit it fit at that time it Your fit the stereotypical yeah. Yeah. image yeah. of Jesus what we had seen as a kid. So yeah. that was pretty funny. Yes. But it was just another example of Yeah, and mom mother yeah. helping people. And mom yeah shared obviously shared the gospel, you know, um dad obviously fixed his, you know, all the other cuts and scratches and mm. whatever they had mom and they gave him money and sent mm-hmm. his way. Yeah. So So that was But that's your heritage. That's yes. where you came from. Yes. Helping uh, people. Yeah, we saw Jesus. <laughs> well, that was part 1 of Eric Scadabo's conversation with Gloria Anderson, who in 2011 was abducted from her home by a boarder, who she let stay at a granny flat on the back of her property. Today, we learned about her childhood and how she always had a heart for helping marginalized people in society, just like her role model, Mother Teresa. Also, as we heard, she saw her parents helping people in trouble on a regular basis and having people stay in their home. Next time, we'll hear more of Gloria's story and the events leading up to her abduction. But before we end today, I just want to share some relevant Bible verses about God's heart for helping those in need and oppressed. In the book of Psalms, it says, "The Lord lifts up the downtrodden." And Jesus says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and to set free those who are oppressed. So, it's quite clear what God's heart is, and despite all that Gloria has gone through amazingly, she still has a strong desire to help others in desperate situations like she has been helped. We pray that she never loses that desire no matter how hard the evil one tries to dissuade her. Well, thanks for joining us for part 1 of Gloria Anderson sharing her story. Until next time when we'll hear part 2, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on the story. He had mentioned he had a bit of a sketchy past, didn't exactly say what exactly, and in our conversation he did say I have done some bad things at previously, but working with you and seeing the generosity we were offering at our shelter or at the drop-in, um he wanted to change his ways or be a better person. 
In July 2011, Gloria Anderson was abducted from her home by a person she was trying to help and had seemed to sincerely want to be a better person. Gloria will share the events leading up to her abduction next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.